Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, welcome to American Liberties Wednesday Night Call. Today's May 10th, and the weekend coming up is Mother's Day. So, happy Mother's Day to your mothers. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we've got a, you know, there's a, uh, as we talked before, and, you know, this is kind of a, a repetitive type statement and, and calls and everything because the information is so valuable and so helpful to many uh, when you understand the arguments or the issues that Dave Marilyn has brought up in the original uh, criminal complaint that went to Congress in 2005. And then it it is just it's just gotten better over the years, and recently um, Dave now has a uh, a series of I, I say series a, uh, a, a seminar out on mens rea, which covers all crimes. I mean, it's not just about taxes, although that's what this calls mainly about. But you know, it's it's always about intent. And since Dave has brought that out and made that, you know, prominent in my mind, uh, when I watch these, uh, uh, when I get a chance to watch some of these TV shows now, and like uh, Chicago Justice and all that, they always are bringing up, you know, the intent. And um, so it, it, really, uh, it really brings it together. And uh, not that a you know a false TV show has anything to do with it, but you know they they do kind of follow the uh, the intent of the law, right? Um, but but the, the point is made. You got to have you know a guilty mind to do something in order for the prosecutor prosecution to convict you. If you did it with some, you know, with good intentions, good faith intentions, that you um, uh, were doing it honestly, and you, and you know, like, let's just stick with taxes. You give them your interpretation of the law. Here is the law. Here's my interpretation, and you know, and I, and I'm making a good faith effort to, to settle this matter. You know, and and if you have a different interpretation, or you find that I'm wrong. How about telling me about it? But no, they they want to come in with with prosecutors, and you know, and try to convict you for willful failure to file or doing you know or doing some of the crazy things. Uh, that I mean, even OIDs. If you did it with good intentions, that you believe that the person that was teaching you that the OIDs. Are you know have have credibility, then you did it with good faith. You didn't do it with intent to steal. 
and um, and most of us, you know, get involved in that kind of stuff because they don't listen to the real stuff. And, and not that the OID is real or not. I don't know. I'm not making, uh, you know, I know a girl that went to prison for five years, and she could talk that OID stuff. I mean, right to the right to every period. I mean, she knew it, and she knew it well. And I know that she believes strongheartedly that, you know, what she believed in. But how are you going to convince a jury of that, you know? And, I mean, there's no way you can. It's more of a matter of law in in the first instance. But if if it gets past the law, then now you got to con- convince the jury on the fact that you had a good faith belief, and that's going to be hard to do unless you've done all your homework prior to and, and during your your administrative process to create a record. So it's important to create a record of your good intentions, your good faith belief, and and make that a part of your record so uh, it will it will help you to eliminate the possibilities of getting convicted or indicted of a crime. So it's really it's really good stuff, and I'm hoping that you people are really talking about it and show, showing them or telling them where to go and where is that? Wevgov.com. W e the letter V as in Victor, gov.com. In fact, other property put it there in the chat board. But for those who are not on the chat board, it's wevgov.com. Uh, excuse, yeah, wevgov.com. And also we've got uh, tupotus.com. The President of the United States, tupotus.com. Uh, where we got now a criminal complaint that went to President Trump on the day that he was inaugurated. So um, we're trying to cover all the bases for anybody that has a good faith belief what they're doing and, and is, is right. And uh, so with that being said, um, I'd like to uh, introduce uh, Dave Marilyn, for those who haven't been on the call, but it looks like here I recognize pretty much everybody. So you've been on the call, you heard it all, but you you haven't heard enough um, yet. And I've been listening to Dave now, going on 11 years, and I haven't heard enough yet. And, and so, Dave, um, take it away, please. All righty. Welcome to the May 10th, 2017, Wednesday evening, American Liberties Call. My name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I've proven it on a database. Just believe it. So the Criminal Intent Seminar, and I have to tell you, really, uh, and this is, I already know everything that's in the course, and Beyond that, all this time I've had to contemplate what's in the course uh, just drives me further and further to say that you really have to get this course. If you're going up against government and you don't think you've done anything wrong, you need to know what's in this course. 
because if you believe you're within the law, you're innocent, period. And especially when you've told the government, here's what I think is legal, why don't you give me your briefing of the law, please, servant breath, so that I know if I'm wrong. And you serve them with an explanation of the law as you see it. Don't make it too lofty. I can point toward the big ones and prove with statute alone they're stealing, uh, state income tax, federal income tax, and the motor vehicle code. <clears throat> so those are my focus because I want to shrink government. You shrink the budget, you shrink government. The government wants the same thing we want, our property. And it's my job to prove that the law doesn't provide for them taking what they think I owe. And it requires that I challenge them because they beat up the ignorant people, threaten them with jail, uh, child protective services. We're going to charge your wife also if you don't plead guilty. And there's all these threats they use to get you into prison. Don't get anywhere near that with whatever you do, whether it's taxes, motor vehicle code, zoning, uh, uh, choice of schools, whatever. If you think you have rights under the law that they refuse or are otherwise uh, failing to acknowledge and heed, you want to put that down on paper and serve it with them and say, how am I wrong about the law? Because I'm about to protect myself against what you're doing and I want to know what my rights are. You're breaking this law, and you're doing it to get my money. That's extortion. You're doing it to other people. That makes it racketeering. And so I need to know what my rights are when you come calling. How am I wrong when I say you're stealing? Because if you're stealing, I know when you come to my doorstep, I've got this other law that says I can protect myself against a criminal act. And so I really have a lot of questions. No one teaches you this, how to turn the tables on a public servant under these modes of enforcement uh, like I do. But beyond that, or actually prior to that, uh, you really want to be comfortable with what you'll gain from taking the criminal intent course. Uh, It comes in three segments. Uh, Just a wonderful course, really. I'm serious. It's a great course. And if you're going to contradict the government and you believe you're not breaking the law, I can't help you if you're going to burglarize a home and say, I thought I had the right to. I can't help you if you're going to say, I I thought I could just drive out of this parking lot with somebody else's car. I can't help you. But if you think it was within your rights that it was lawful to issue a personal money order and mail it to the government, because you took a course, the guy sounded like he knew a lot, you took his word for it. But you made him give you a seminar first. Great. That That's somebody that might be able to argue that they didn't intend to break the law. Uh, somebody to file the Pete Hendrickson tax return. <coughs> An OID. Any number of things can get you uh, in front of the government in a really negative light. But if you don't think you were breaking the law, I feel before you even uh, commit any of those acts that you think are legal, which just may be, but right or wrong, 
uh, the government's going to come after you for it, you really want to go on record with an explanation of, uh, you know, here's my intent. I don't mean to break the law. I think everything I'm doing is legal. You might even put that right on your personal money order and cite the cases that I teach you from in the criminal intent course. So you sit there and you listen to me narrate the contents of these folders in three parts. Course part number one, two, and three each have their own video. And on the video, you see my cursor move around the screen and I'm opening up the folders of documents that are in your course and going through the documents and telling you what they contain. Some of them I don't read. Some of them I read at length to give you the gist of criminal intent. Now, uh, with that having been said, listen to the most recent calls here on 87488. My archive at 59615. Download those shows. Tell your friends, 59615. And here on 87488, and you'll hear me describe this very same thing in uh, calls in the recent past. Very recently, the last few weeks, we've been emphasizing the, and it's not because, <clears throat> although this is a sales call, it's not because I'm doing it for money. There's remedy in this argument with what I've seen the government do. I've been in this 29 years now. And what I've seen the government do, this argument contains remedy for vacating existing convictions and for preventing grand jury indictment. This argument. If you you tell the public defender, hey, I want to go to trial on this charge because I don't believe I broke the law. In fact, I can produce this friend and that friend and this associate and this friend over here and these people in the group that I meet with and all of them will tell you that I don't believe I have a duty. That's testimony that I'm innocent. I'd like to see somebody do that, but I've never seen a transcript, never heard of a case where a witness got up in favor of a tax protester and said he believes he's within the law with what he's doing. I know about what he did. He told me about what he was going to do. He told me a long time ago that he believed it was right to do it. And so he doesn't have a legal duty. Just ask him. I know it. My friends know it. Everybody knows that Jim doesn't believe he has a legal duty. That's the person you want to be because that's the person the government looks at and says they're innocent because of the recent case law. Since 2015, June 1st of 2015, Alonis versus United States, and a bunch of cases since then, and I get into the lower court decisions that were then overturned, lower court decisions that required that they go all the way to the Supreme Court, and then it was overturned. All these are discussed in Parts 1, 2, and 3 of this course. Part 3 is being specifically at the anti-tax movement but it's got a letter in Microsoft Word with a blank spot in the middle where I frame the argument about criminal intent, and then in the middle, you write your explanation for why you're behaving the way you behave and the reasons in law you think you're permitted to do so. So it's a generic letter, but then I've got a real specific one. In PDF, you contact my office, and we'll arrange a a letter for you. Uh, personalized, 
with my findings represented in there and join you to uh, the congressional complaint or the White House complaint. So uh, it's just the start, uh, getting familiar with a couple of key arguments so that you can tell the government uh, you're stealing. <laughs> I know you're stealing. You deprived me of Section 83 to tax my pay. But worst of all, you got a uh, tax code here that doesn't even apply to Americans until you wrote that regulation, 1.1-1, that says citizens of the U.S. owe this tax. Now, on the call, he's trying to log in as L.T. Oates. L.T. was being investigated by the IRS CID, Criminal Investigations Division. And he filed a joinder to the Congressional Criminal Complaint and served the CID with his joinder and a copy of what I filed in Congress in 06, the congressional complaint, and they shut down the criminal investigation. And here he is. The sponsor of the call, Chris Chapman, in 2007, January, went before the grand jury, gave him a copy of that criminal complaint I served on 80 members of Congress, New Year's of 06, and never heard from the grand jury again. Two people on the same call who would have otherwise been indicted because you know the government gets its way. If they fire up a criminal investigation, it's likely they'll act, they can accidentally go all the way with you. So that's great work, and there's two direct beneficiaries of my work on this call. Uh, I didn't want that to go by without noting that, and uh, uh, you'll have to ask, it's a personal experience being able to avoid being indicted. And so I can't tell you how they feel about it, (laughs) but I can bet you I could make some jokes about how well it feels and how few things feel better than a a non-invasive brush with the government. (laughs) Uh, Guest 20, you're signed in anonymously. We have anonymous trolls here on these calls that come in and raise hell, so we block everybody that signs in anonymously. If you get a name here on TalkShoe, an avatar, a handle, and sign in and then raise hell with us, we can get your account uh, canceled. So get a name and we can unblock you and you can chat with us. Keep it on point. This is income taxes. Um, So the uh, LTO says it feels great. Yeah, I'll bet it does, man, to be able to look right at the government and go, are you investigating me? Really? Well, how did Section 83 operate? In your conclusion, I owe a tax on my compensation for services. Here's the complaint to Congress that I joined. And I named you in my affidavit of joinder as a co-criminal. What were you thinking? And they shut down the criminal investigation. Ken Bullhorn could not help me sufficiently describe to you the magnitude of that ability to be able to do that, to succeed in keeping somebody out of prison against the IRS and actually making them close down a criminal investigation with the law. No one has been able to do that but me. Unless it's a technical law. Hey, you brought the uh, 
the CEO of this insurance company up on charges, but didn't you know that the company was transferred in the hostile takeover as of a certain date, and this guy lost all his authority before this? Okay, split hairs on that law that makes the insurance company liable for whatever. But on the big questions, do I owe a tax on my paycheck? No, all properties cost. The big question, does the tax code apply to Americans? Uh, that's the people that the government calls citizens of the United States? No, not until they wrote 26 CFR 1.1-1. And so you can't tax me through a regulation that violates the 16th Amendment and all property is a cost. I'm not subject to an income tax when all I did was sell my labor. Checkmate, just two arguments. <clears throat> and the first thing that I say, if they come to me, is I haven't broken any laws. And until they acknowledge having heard me say that, and maybe even until they write that down in their notebook and get my initials on it with a pen, hand me that pen, I'll initial that for you. He said, when we first encountered the perpetrator, Mr. Merlin, when we first encountered him, he kept repeating and repeating and repeating because they don't realize I'm saying I'm innocent. He kept repeating and repeating and repeating. I haven't violated any laws. There the cop is right there with me screaming that I'm innocent right in his own notes. <laughs> oh, I'm not nice about any of this. And when I see a tool that you can use, I'm going to try to give you the gloves you need to operate it, the wrench you need to turn it, whatever it takes. Let's look at this from a bunch of different angles. Can you hear the arguments sinking in? I haven't violated any laws. And until they let you initial that comment in their notebook, just keep saying it. You want information from me, you open that notebook and you write down what I tell you repeatedly. I haven't violated any laws. You let me initial it. Then we can talk. I haven't violated any laws. And I think that's somebody that believes they're innocent. Talking right to a police officer instead of lying, saying, you didn't steal the car. You're saying, I didn't, I didn't break any laws whether it's a stolen car or failure to file, it doesn't matter. I haven't broken any laws. The first impression I got from the defendant when I encountered him was that he believed he doesn't, didn't break any laws. What gave you that impression? Well, he said it about 814 times. Read my report. From the moment I met him to the moment I dropped him off at the booking counter, I couldn't wait to get away from him. I haven't broken any laws. It'll be a phrase that'll haunt him, the officer, as they go to sleep for the next six weeks. That's all they're going to hear. I haven't violated any laws. And you put that seed right there. <laughs> and then you have your attorney contact me, and I'll supply that attorney with everything I have in Microsoft Word, a copy of this course, okay? Because if you're innocent, I don't want you going to jail. That's the kind of woman I am. So so uh, the criminal intent front really is hot, and I think tax convictions should be challenged. Uh, it's about time 
and in all my experience and, you know, and the, the chances I've had to cogitate on all this, this argument just slaps me in the face as really a vital staple to have in your arsenal. Uh, how to argue criminal intent and which cases to cite when you're arguing it. Other property says, uh, why are you here? I haven't broken any laws. Why are you here? I mean, right, broken record. Keep saying it. So, uh, the uh, uh, counterclaim. Chris and I have made another attempt to get the attorney in conversation with us about the uh, the counterclaim. And it's tough, and so uh, I'm going to go ahead and move forward and and write the rest of it and finish the document and go ahead and just, uh, it can eat our dust. It's too bad. I like the guy, and he's, he's, you know, he knows a good argument when he sees one. He contacts us and says, this is good stuff. Section 83, because he looked online, no one else teaching it. Yeah, 1994, I wrote the book. And so uh, he's got his own demons from the IRS that he's fighting. And so we're going to try to give him this lawsuit for uh, his own litigation. He can file it himself, and uh, but he hasn't replied, so we got to file it ourselves and start it. <clears throat> and he can join ours or file his own in his own district. He's a few states away from where the counterclaim will be filed. And if we can get an attorney to turn the crank on the IRS for the real simple remedy for the people that haven't been on the calls lately, and I'm talking to uh, Buck Roger, a uh, few people drop in, uh, Darrell Cole, every once in a while you're here. I sure appreciate your presence. Uh, um, Jeff Doan, uh, seldom. Um, the remedy that we're seeking in this lawsuit you know that civil lawsuits are dismissed. Oh, the Anti-Injunction Act. This is a civil lawsuit that seeks to restrain the assessment and collection of taxes. And Tax Code Section 7421 prohibits the court from entertaining such a lawsuit. You have to dismiss this, Your Honor. And they dismiss your lawsuit. So you have to stay away from any request to stop the IRS. Well, Enter Taxpayer Bill of Rights. Dun, dun, dun. And if you want the sound effect that says dun, dun, dun off of the Laura Ingram show, it's wevgov.com slash wow.mp3. All lowercase, no spaces. wevgov.com slash wow.mp3. And the relief we're requesting in this lawsuit, uh, you have the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. You're entitled to clear explanation of the laws and IRS procedures in all tax forms, instructions, publications, notices, and correspondence. Well, I want a clear explanation of Section 83. We know they can't provide it. But we know they have to adhere for it, uh, adhere, adhere to it, uh, you have um, 26 U.S.C. 7214 offenses by officers and employees of the United States. Tax Code Section 7214 
uh, any revenue agent, officer, blah, 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 who is guilty of any extortion or willful oppression under color of law or who knowingly demands other or greater sums than are authorized by law shall be discharged, and if they're convicted, a year in prison and $10,000 max. Five years in prison, excuse me, max. So we know that if they don't hew to the law and if they ask for sums other than what the law provides, they could go to prison. Oh, we can't have this, boss. That's terrible. I didn't join the IRS to go to prison. Anything we could do? Yeah, I'll tell you what we do. Uh, tell you what. Um, we just won't talk about the law so no one knows whether or not you asked for more than the law permits. There, now you won't go to prison. And so they don't talk about the law that determines whether or not they should go to prison. Their refusal to disclose a clear explanation of Section 83 nullifies this law, as would their failure or refusal to disclose the operation of plenty of other statutes. But for our purposes, Section 83 explains how to tax me, but more importantly, if you don't obey it, you go to prison, servant breath. So this is very important. Now, the relief that we're requesting, <clears throat> the provisions relied upon are the provisions that you see cited and quoted on the federal income taxation page of wevgov.com. So when I say the plaintiff's subject provision, this is his counterclaim. He becomes the plaintiff for his purposes. So the plaintiff's subject provisions, the provisions I rely upon for my claims. And so we're asking, here's two different uh, requests for relief under the Administrative Procedures Act, 5 U.S.C., Section 706. Uh, hey, I've been wronged by an agency action, and I want review. The reviewing court shall, number one, Compel agency action unlawfully withheld or unreasonably delayed. Boy, that sounds like me. Since 1993, I've been hitting on the government with Section 83. They refuse to indulge the language of 1.83-3G, 1.1012-1A, and those define costs. And so we want the court to compel the IRS the government, I don't care who does it, to establish a clear explanation of the laws in a database that anybody can acquire upon request because we're entitled to it, right? So here we go. First cause of action and relief requested. You're going to hear that it's very broad. It applies to all tax statutes. It's a request they could never fulfill. because the tax code and regs are such a monstrosity. And then you're going to hear in the second cause of action, I narrowed it down <coughs> to relate to or pertain to only the provisions in the argument that the plaintiff is going to bring. Okay? So the first one's broad. The second one's very uh, narrow. Here they go. Uh, first cause of action. 
Uh, plaintiff has a right to access the law but is deprived of this right by the fact that the defendant refuses or otherwise has failed to establish the correct interpretation of the law or to record its own interpretation of the law in any form or in a form which, if disclosed to the plaintiff, would afford him the clear explanation of the laws to which he is entitled and about which the defendant has promised disclosure. As an agency action that is unlawfully withheld or unreasonably delayed, plaintiff requests that this court compel agency action to establish and disclose clear explanation of the laws, parentheses, every tax statute and regulation, in parentheses, in a manner and form compliant with requirements of 5 U.S.C. 552A, that's FOIA, and to the extent contemplated by the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights and the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, such explanations must include responsible reflection upon any and all statutes and regulations the IRS or taxpayer has to observe or otherwise apply to the instance of the taxpayer. You hear how broad that was? That was the entire first cause of action, paragraph one. Paragraph two was the relief requested. I have this problem, and I claim this against them, and so I want this relief. One, two. The second cause of action is the same, but it only relates to the provisions in the briefing. Plaintiff has a right to know that the subject provision, meaning his provision, have operated as written and as intended before suffering any loss of property or other rights. Defendant has had the statutory arguments plaintiff seeks to make for no fewer than 20 years and still clings to decisions which do not concern in any way the plaintiff's subject provision. As an agency action that is unlawfully withheld or unreasonably delayed, plaintiff requests that this court compel agency action to establish and disclose clear explanations in a manner compliant with FOIA and as contemplated by the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights and Fifth Amendment, such explanations must include uh, reflection, any and all statutes, blah, blah, blah. One, two. The problem, the relief. So that's what I want to run past this attorney because I think there's a fabulous chance he's going to look at this lawsuit and say he'll do it himself. And wouldn't it be nice to have somebody uh, licensed to practice in U.S. District Court defending themselves, not defending themselves, they're on the offense. They'd file a lawsuit to compel the agency to establish a database that contains the clear explanation of the laws. <laughs> and if you've listened to me for very long at all, you know, there's about... There's about eight statutes that cause about all the problems you need to cause. <laughs> and uh, and they aren't going to want you in court after that. What are we doing here? I'm, I'm indicted. I even sued you for proof the tax code applies to American. You can't provide me with a clear explanation of the laws, and now you say I have to obey them when you don't even know what obeying them is? wasting the court's time because that person, I feel, in today's system still probably would not be convicted. Um, other property says, the attorney against me when I asked her, did he use Section 83A? She said, I didn't because I didn't have subcontractor income. Well, there's plenty of case law that says it applies to subcontractors and employees. Cone versus Commissioner, 1974, 
wevgov.com, Federal Income Taxation page. Do a search on that page, Control-F, for C-O-H-N, and it'll take you to the Cone decision. And right there, Tax Court, 1974. So, you're wrong, <clears throat> B-word. Christopher says, as you have done the hard part for them already. That's right. You don't have research to do. You have research to verify. Huge difference. It's way easier to dial up a court case on scholar.google.com and search for a couple key words that are in the sentence I used before I cited that case and confirm that that case says that. But then you know what to look for in the case to decide, you know, is it relevant? Instead of having to find a case that's relevant and then read it to find the portion that says it would or would not really apply in the type of argument you're making. So this is not research. This is the results of research. So I'm basically, it's, it's a sub-treatise on criminal intent. I'd have to wait another year and then do another course on all the case law come to, ba- uh, come to uh, fruition after that first decision, June 1st of 2015, uh, for it to be a real full treatise saying the effects of this recent decision on, on the mens rea essential element of criminal statute. I'm not interested in it. I'm into getting people out of prison. So uh, you get all you need in the decisions that I provide you with uh, in this case. The, all, there's tons of lower court decisions that got overturned. There's a few over court decisions that say, well, based on what the Supreme Court just did to us, I guess I better overturn your conviction. And uh, there's a real good discussion of why some cases were overturned, why some weren't, and you get a copy of the decision right there in PDF format. A wonderful course, Criminal Intent, on um, wevgov.com. There's the, uh, you can go to the products page and get the flash drive, Criminal Intent course, or people in the chat, I just gave you a, the address of a page devoted to that course, and uh, there's nothing like it, you know. Attorneys, that's one thing. I've been in the trenches for 29 years with my thumb on the pulse of the anti-tax movement. And so I know uh, better than a lot of other people would really be able to detect this course is super germane uh, for the anti-tax movement, patriot movement, let's just say the movement, anybody that seeks to contradict the government. It's a great course for in-the-street protesters. If you're going to walk into the... uh, administration building at your uh, your child's grade school and raise holy hell about them teaching them Islam in class or something. You need to know what your rights are concerning criminal intent first. And you need to make sure you behave at all times in a way they can't say indicates the opposite. So uh, this applies to anybody that's going to stand up for themselves but especially against government because they have authority to abuse and they do so persistently. It's all I've seen and it's only gotten worse in the 29 years now I can say I have into this since the IRS came to my door April 15th of 88 
and made me angry. 29 years later, and I'm still right here, just really, uh, my courses are beyond compare. So get my materials. They're very inexpensive. And uh, I might be able to answer a couple of questions, but my voice is fading. So uh, uh, if we could make it quick, Chris. Uh, and again, this is 87488 American Liberties. There are more recorded calls on 59615, which is my, my archive. There's a criminal complaint that went to the new president on Inauguration Day at tupotus.com. Uh, other property, if you type that correctly, uh, why don't you type that into the chat, tupotus.com. POTUS stands for President of the United States. And on Inauguration Day, the White House got a criminal complaint about these two key findings. If I'm a citizen of the United States, I'm only naming a regulation. Can't do that. It's stealing. And under Section 83, all property is cost. You can't impose an income tax on my paycheck. My labor is my cost. And you've said so in Publication 17 every year since 1993. Your cost is your services. Well, thanks. Why can't I deduct them? And so right in the tax guide for individuals, they're lying to everybody in the country. Your services are your cost. When it comes down to it, no, they're not. Pay up and penalties and interest. Wow, it's so easy to be a public servant, isn't it? <clears throat> so you want to be able to make these arguments, and it starts with getting my materials and criminal intent for anybody that's going to contradict government. Because if you file liens against a public servant, especially a federal public servant, the statutory language is very broad, 18 U.S.C. 1521, retaliatory liens. If you file Pete Hendrickson tax returns, if you file OIDs, if you did anything contrary to what the IRS says you have to, the government's not above it. They'll indict you. And the first thing you have to know to say, because you need to, you need to be able to say this in your sleep, I haven't broken any laws. And if you wait until you're arrested to say that for the first time, you're a fool. You take this course and you're going to understand the first thing you need to do is impress the government with the fact you're innocent. The first thing you need to do is impress the government with the fact that you have no criminal intent. They're the same thing. So it's a way to do it without having to understand the whole tax code, without necessarily having to even understand what I have to say about the tax code. If you don't think you broke any laws and you think the government's warm for your form, you better build a record and listen to the several calls at the top of each of these archives at 87488 right here and 59615, my archive, no confidence. Okay, Chris, all yours. Okay, if anybody has any questions, raise your hand uh, on the um, on the phone. If you're on the phone, just raise your hand by hitting star eight. And if you know if you have any questions, comments, uh, put it in the chat. Okay, man. I don't see any. 
Hope everybody has a great evening, and uh, thanks for taking time out for Chris and I. I sure appreciate it, of course. And uh, anybody that <clears throat> that you know that might benefit from uh, graduating from the movement, uh, you know where to get my courses and uh, enter the world of code pleading because you haven't seen anything else work when, in fact, I've got the strangest, most stray and peculiar dismissals you've ever dreamed of. Strictly code pleading. See you all later. Thanks, Chris. Okay, thank you. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.